TheOAMNetwork.com. Hey guys, not all athletes are created equal. Individual programs are the best way to reach your full athletic potential, but they're expensive. We've created a training system that allows us to test you and place you into one of our program designs based on your strengths and weaknesses. Because of this, you can get the full effect of an individualized program without the cost. So go check it out under programs at garageathletes.com. Welcome back, fitness fans, garageians, and badasses on a budget to another episode of Garage Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Metz, with my co-host, Brendan Phillips. And that is my best impersonation of Paul Heyman introducing Brock Lesnar. If you're not a wrestling fan, you won't catch that reference. I, I apologize. Chills, I, feel right? like, I feel like I should be in my wrestling singlet. You feel like now. you're back at the games yeah, and they're announcing like... <laughs> That was awesome. Oh, man. So, um, sorry for that over-the-top entrance. I just, uh, we watched uh, SummerSlam. As most of you guys know, I'm a pretty big wrestling fan here again. And, uh, uh, yeah, so, anyways, uh, (laughs) you'll catch that if you watch wrestling. Speaking of wrestling, um, a lot of people don't consider it um, a legitimate sport. Um, It's sports entertainment, I guess. But I think that... we're talking about... WWE. Pro wrestling, pro wrestling, wrestling, sports entertainment, wrestling, not, not amateur wrestling. wrestling. Yeah, okay, wrestling. yeah. Let's just make sure we got. Well, it's it, people. They call it pro wrestling. Yeah, but I think it's the the term has been coined now. Um, I think Oxford just put a new word in the dictionary. It's called wrestling. Wrestling is that what they what did? They refer to it right now because <laughs> they just came out with a new twenty words or something like that. I think well, wrestling. Is if you say pro wrestling in front of Vince McMahon, he'll pile drive you because he believes it's sports entertainment. But what I'm saying is that just because it's predetermined doesn't nullify the fact that the people that do it um, at that high level aren't really, really crazy, amazing athletes. Oh, dude, those, are, and, those guys are amazing. I mean, there's some of the... I was talking to somebody and, and arguing with somebody the other day. It was like, oh, it's fake. I'm like, it's not fake at all. No. It's not. Like, you're completely confusing predetermined mm-hmm. and fake um, uh, because people break their backs and their necks and they, they, they wrestle. Owen Hart died. fell from the rafters. Oh, there's been a they lot the, of guys yeah, that have they, died in the ring. Yeah, they just cut it off. If, if you, you go to YouTube TV, and say, like, wrestlers died in the ring, there's, like, like it, it says, like, top. Re- they didn't even give you all of them. They're just the top people that have died <laughs> in the ring. It's crazy. Uh. But anyways, and what we're talking about today is sports and not just sports in general, but CrossFit training for sports is crossfit good for sports which sports are they good for or which sports can it be good for which maybe not so much when to do it um you know how to do it you know all these different things because you always hear about people um you know you hear people talking about well well, crossfit just makes you good at crossfit it doesn't make you good at anything else if you're a baseball player a swimmer a football player a wrestler a wrestler um you know you play soccer you shouldn't do crossfit you need to do other things um and so we're going to try and go over that and um and really just kind of talk about um why when and how crossfit can and doesn't work with all different sports so brandon um did, did you like the intro did you like the way i said your name i loved it <laughs> i just got a cramp in my inner thigh 
<laughs> Wait, from the way I said your name? Yeah, I don't... it gave me chills and it turned into a cramp. <laughs> All right. Well, oh. if, if, you, if you can't tell, um, we are in a concrete cell, otherwise known as Brandon's office at CrossFit Bound. Yeah, I painted the walls um, black. I just I want to I want to intimidate everybody that walks in. All of drab. It's just everything is. There's no lights. Um, so no, um, we've got a little fan going on in the background, so we don't just completely sweat um, all of our liquids out or whatever. So, um, but yeah. So Brandon, you you were a um, you were a wrestler, uh, not a wrestler, but a, a wrestler or also known as amateur wrestling. Yes. Um, and you coached a lot of wrestlers. Yes. So you have a little bit of an experience, at least with that sport. So why don't you start off by kind of giving your, you know, your broad idea of, of how it can and does work for a sport like wrestling? Yeah, and I'll, I'll go even further back. Uh, tell you a little bit of like what I did with uh, as a strength and conditioning coach at Walker um, or at the high school I was at. It was um, I got to work with every sports team, and literally, I mean, male, female teams. Everybody that can't, every every youth athlete that we had, uh, some middle school all the way through all the high schools, the JV freshmen, uh, varsity, I worked with every athlete at some point during uh, during the year, whether they were in season, out of season. We just had certain times, and we always changed the workouts dependent on what part of the season they were in, and particularly to what part of the sport they were in. Uh, let's take cross country for example. Uh, the coach and I had a very good relationship. We talked almost on a daily basis about what the kids were doing. Like I knew what intervals they were running that day. Uh, now, was this before you found CrossFit, or you were you were already doing CrossFit? I was, what year I was, was this? already doing CrossFit. Like I came into school. I started working at the school in 2007. Okay, and I f- started doing CrossFit esque type workouts around 2008. And what was the first time you went to the games? Uh, 2009. Nine, okay, yeah. yeah. So a couple started, years before that, but you were doing I started following, like, Jim Jones, and, you know, I was always... Yeah, Mark Twight. Mark Twight, man. Love that dude in Mountain Athlete. I know I've talked I about him I would still before. like to have him on the podcast, man. Oh, man, I would love to have that guy sometime. We need to contact him. Him and Bobby, him and Bobby both, Bobby yeah. Maximus, yeah. and um, I'd challenge him to an air diner, <laughs> even though he would destroy me. Probably. But uh, anyways, uh, I just came to realize that, like, CrossFit is great for developing GPP, General physical preparedness for anyone who doesn't know that. and uh, For the two people that don't know that. (laughs) But it's a great way to do that. But for certain sports, depending on whether it's male or female or if it's cross country and football, you got to change things up. they got to be different to make them sports specific in some way, somehow. And uh, the good thing about CrossFit, it's good for everybody. And it's not, what does Chris Spieler always say? It's um, It's not on the kind of intensity, but the... I know, I'm just butchering what Chris Spieler always says. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to look it up on my phone. Let me Siri that. I just quoted Siri. it. I just quoted it just the other day. It's not the kind of workout, but it's the degree of workout. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. So basically, CrossFit is great for everybody, but the degree of intensity can change for that individual. Okay. Does that make sense now? Yeah, it does. So that's good. I hope I didn't butcher that too bad, Chris. But, um, but yeah, so like take cross country. So I knew if they were running um, 400 meter repeats or they're running uh, 200 meter repeats or they were doing like a time trial, I was not going to uh, really work them too hard the day before. Yeah. You know, the day before is going to be kind of like a uh, just kind of get everything moving type day. Let's get the muscles firing, seeing let's get this correct uh, pattern, sequence patterning going and on. We do a lot of single leg work, uh, unilateral work, unilateral core work, some uh, running mechanic work in in the gym 
And then, then so you're doing a lot of kind of traditional Traditional strength strength training, Mm -hmm. um, strength or yeah, strength and conditioning. But you're saying that you also were doing um, metcons. Yeah. Um, So if they had like a week of cross country that they weren't going to run that much, the coach would specifically say, "All right, Brandon, I want you to put them through uh, some type of conditioning for twenty, thirty minutes." Uh, instead of them going to run today. So then I would put them in there at the beginning of the week, at least two or three days before, like, a big run or a big contest. So I think the biggest thing between, like, a coach and athlete is just communication. Or if one coach is working with another strength conditioning coach in a school system, you just got to communicate and know what the schedule is. Like, I knew intimately what all the team's schedules were, so I could base my workouts out around that. And uh, let's take football. Like, in in season, we did not do much uh, – CrossFit style workouts okay. because they did so much conditioning on the practice field, but uh, so we focused more on Olympic lifting and traditional powerlifting, keeping the strength. And up. just for anybody who's not sure why, ex- explain as, as to why it, it's important for specifically football, but other sports as well, to back off of not just CrossFit mm-hmm. but just intense training in general. Uh, there's, I think, there's uh, two or three folds to that. Two or three folds to that. One is mental, like if you just have somebody in the gym. You know, if you, especially high school kids, you might have, let's take the 80-20 principle, okay? 20% of your team is fully committed just to getting their ass kicked and training hard every day. The other 80% is just there for friends, there for fun. And if you go in there and you kick their ass every day and you put them through the ringer every day, uh, they're probably, probably even less at the high school level. Th- yeah, they're not going <laughs> to make it. Yeah. Especially the school I was at. They're yeah. not going to make it. And uh, so what we did, we just kind of figured it out. It took us two or three years to figure it out and kind of figure out the good system that went around it. So during the off-season, the summertime, man, we just hammered them. We did some really fun workouts, crazy uh, CrossFit workouts on top of Olympic lifting. But once school started and they had to get back into the grind of sitting there all day, and then uh, now I, maybe I had them for an hour during the day. That's what we tried to get all the kids to do. Yeah. I put them through Olympic lifting during class. And then in the afternoons, they had to go do all the wind sprints and all the conditioning. Like, our practices were always just, like, fast, upbeat. Everything was on a stopwatch. Yeah. Even in practice. You know? So, you, you even though you weren't do, having them do CrossFit, it was still very timed. Still there were very, short rest yeah, intervals. Short rest intervals. Everything was go, 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 go. Yeah. And, uh, and it worked out really well because, one, like I said, it's mental. If you just have somebody coming in day in and day out and they're not there for the love of it, for the passion of it and all that kind of stuff, they're going to get burned out. And then, two, the physicality of it. So these kids not only stressed at school because this was like a high academic school. They got stress of family, stress of this, stress of that. And then they're stressed out about workouts. They're stressed out about practice. So we had to figure out how to some way numb that down. And uh, so taking that away helped out a lot, that extra conditioning on top of what they were doing already. So you took the CrossFit out in season. Yeah. Or also known as on season. Or on season. (laughs) Depending on who's writing on the whiteboard, we accidentally wrote. No, you uh, I, accidentally I, I, wrote. I know. I, I know. I said I, I wrote it. Yeah. Um, I was I was saying off season, and just my mind. When you think off, you think on. And I, I wrote on on season. He's like, "What's on season?" Fuck you, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but in season, you took out CrossFit completely. Mm-hmm. Now you chose to do that. Is it possible for um or or you know smart? to do any CrossFit in season specifically for football, in your opinion? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's smart. I think you just have to back back up on the uh, on all the strength workout that you do and somehow implement some type of strength component into 
uh, your regular CrossFit programming. CrossFit football does a great job of that. They yeah. always have like their traditional starting strength program for beginners or high school kids, and then they have their conditioning. But if you see their conditioning's changed a lot over the years. Like when they first yes. started CrossFit football, it was a lot of CrossFit exercises. But now they do a lot of running, a lot of uh, power cleans and yoke walks, and they do some other type of just heavy uh, strongman implementation yep. stuff. And their workouts are still a lot of fun. I love John Wellborn's site and what he's done with that. Yeah, he still does all that programming too, yeah, man, all himself after all these years. He's a beast, man. I yeah. give it to him. Which is very first CrossFit football. A certification oh, cool. at Tennessee Tech University. Wow. I was there for that. So, oh, that's Tennessee. That's where Rich taught at, right? Yeah, Chip Pugh. Okay, Chip Pugh yeah. was with John Wellborn, and, they, and he was one of the first collegiate colleges to implement CrossFit into his training. Okay. So, and what what do you think changes as the athletes get older? Like, you think middle school to high school to college to pro um, do you think how much CrossFit they can do or how little CrossFit they need to do in season as opposed to off changes? You know, I, for little kids, let's even go like preschool kids, even all the way up through middle school, like grade school, I think for them it's just getting Like Wee or Pop Warner yeah. or whatever. I think for them it's just getting active. And then maybe give, maybe give some of them some barbell work, like a, a light training bar, and see who's interested in – really doing weightlifting. So you think, yeah, you think their intensity and their amount of training is going to kind of more stay the same yeah. year round. I think You're for not them, have to it's like get some 30 pound sandbags. All right, let's run it down to the yeah. end of the field and run it back and then do that as a team. And then let's do some jump. Let's jump over this wall or stuff like that. I mean, for them, you got to make fitness is fun. Yeah. Oh and yeah. You can well, always, attention span is a huge yeah, thing at, the, at that span. point. I mean, I don't even have the attention span, but like 10 or 15 minutes. I have the attention less, span okay. of a cigarette. That's what I tell everybody. <laughs> The attention span of a cigarette. Yeah. Um, so, but I think with kids, though, like there's some kids out there that you give them a barbell and you be like, all right, this is how you clean and jerk this. They'll look at it and be like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing in the world. And those are the kids. All right, we're going to take you off to the side and we're going to teach you this because yeah. you're going to be really, really good at it. Yeah, and the other ones are just there for fun. They just get them active. Yeah, the eighty twenty again. Yeah, that eighty twenty. At what age do you think that that kind of changes to where you really need to start focusing on? I mean, do you think it's 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 after college, or do you, do you think that kind of an approach you know stays the same? Um, at, at what point? That's gonna be totally dependent on the kid. Yeah, you know, like uh, we had some kids uh, take uh, Evan Kazian. Uh, he's doing buds training right now, actually. Uh, Buds is is Navy basic Seals. underwater de, uh, de deployment and, and something like that. Special, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's just a it's for he's Navy a Seal he's stuff. A yeah, he's a badass. Yeah, and if you're going through was. Buds, that's what that's the <laughs> you know when you hear stuff, you heard about like Lone Survivor, the movie yeah. that was out there. That's the two weeks of hell that they talk about in that movie and Marcus Luttrell's book, um, Lone Survivor, and all that kind of stuff. It's it's probably the that and Ranger School are probably the two most aggressive training, um, you know. I got protocols or yeah. whatever regimens or whatever that you could possibly do as a human. <laughs> yeah, it's more so. mental, I think, than physical. Yeah, yeah a lot of those guys equally. Have, yeah, yeah, a lot of those people have the capabilities, but it's just mentally, can you do it? But uh, anyways, let's take him. When he was in, uh, I had him in sixth grade. He came out and we did the shuttle run, and he and he ran like a seven second shuttle run. Like I've never seen anything so fast yeah. in my life. And so out of a, how old was he again? He was sixth grade. So sixth 12 grade. or 13 okay. years old. Yeah. And, and for any of you traditionalists that know what the physical education is and the shuttle run, it's like 
20, 30 feet. I can't remember the exact footage part. You had to run down, grab a eraser on one side or some object, take it back, put it down, go back down, pick up another one, and take it back. Yeah. This kid, it was the fastest thing I've ever <laughs> like see him stop and go. It looked like Barry Sanders out there. Wow. And, and he's white. Give it, give it <laughs> he was white. And uh, but I just got don't to work pull a Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but did I you got, hear about that? No, he got Hulk Hogan like got he's being out as like a racist because he he like got caught saying the um and I hate the n word by the way not the actual word I hate saying the n word because yeah. I feel like it almost implies it it's like it's so like racist people can get away with saying it without saying well we'll get into that anyway we'll yeah. but yeah but yeah so he's out of that they took him out of like everything WWE now like he's like it sucks for him but hey you know what it's his fault right yeah but anyways go ahead yeah, anyways. <laughs> don't pull a Hogan don't pull a Hogan <laughs> anyways but yeah so uh, so he did that so uh, sure we started starting like a middle school Olympic lifting program class just for extracurricular and it met once a month and a football coach and I got together and like let's see who's interested yeah. we had like 12 13 guys sixth grade that came up and it was funny those 12 13 guys stuck with it for the next six years coming through so now we got this kid who's one of the fastest most explosive kids we started teaching him olympic lifting and then he went to junior nationals and got like fourth place or something like that oh wow he ended up snatching i think his best snatch was like 265 275 and he clean and jerked like 335 so he was the one that when you saw him you just said i need to put as much volume as load on him as i can no no we no we put a lot of running volume through okay him. yeah and we only met once a month to teach olympic lifting yeah but then he started coming and hanging out with me after class oh. then he started coming and hanging with me after school and then he started going to like uh see uh, uh some dude that goes to coffees i forgot rob hall robert oh hall. yeah robert hall he started working with robert hall after school this is going to sound really, really repetitive now at this point, but Robert Hall's also a really big wrestling fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the yeah. third time I've mentioned it to this podcast. I'm yeah. sorry. I'll shut but up. Yeah, so, so like he started meeting with him. But, I mean, it was just kind of like this. We we saw somebody who had the potential, and we didn't force it on them, but we were just like, hey, come try this out. And then we just slowly started building up, and they learned to love it. And I think that's like the biggest thing with a lot of people uh, today, especially in youth sports, is you got to introduce them to something. You got to nourish that. You got you can't push it on too much. But then, if you see that they catch that bug, then you got to feed it and feed it the correct way. And uh, that's whenever you get longevity into anything. And yeah. that's why he's in town. He gives me a call. He comes by the gym. We lift together. You know, all those kids that most of those kids that came by and we stuck with them for six years when they're in town, they come to my gym and hang out in the summertime. Yeah, that's really you cool. Know? I mean, and you you've had a huge impact on their life, probably more so than you yeah, know. Like some of the, like some of those guys, like uh, they ended up wrestling for me, and these guys were not wrestlers; they were not athletes. But one of them won his first match, and it's something I'll never forget. Something he'll never forget. And then another one qualified for state championships. His name is Socrates. He goes to Purdue now. That's a really you know? cool name. Yeah, his name is Socrates. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's it. He's Greek. But then, uh, but like, you don't want to get beat up by no. a guy named Socrates. No. You know, but he's, you just but he's, ass handed you know, to like, you by Socrates. He was, you know, he just worked really hard and he qualified for state. And like, I'd never forget that match. He qualified for state. Like, you just see him, like, he hit his knees because he was so exhausted because he worked so hard. He still got fourth place third place i think so there you go and this whole time you were implementing crossfit, CrossFit into um, all this all into everybody so into everybody everybody had a taste for it and so, one girl actually she joined my gym uh, she didn't she come to walker her senior year i didn't know who she was i didn't even recognize her but she after after high school she went and joined a crossfit gym now she coaches crossfit and now she came over here and now she uh coaches over here huh 
So yeah. so let's go down the line further. What, what was what are some other um, um, sports that you had a chance to work with while you were you know while you were coaching um, at, at the you know at that level that you implemented CrossFit and, and you saw a legitimate um, change or you know and, and it helped uh, our uh, soccer program, female soccer program in particular. Uh, we got them in. We started doing a lot of CrossFit with them. We started focusing on a lot of hamstring work for the girls, a lot of calf work for the girls, a lot of glute work for the girls. So a lot of the ACL tears and stuff like that, uh, we saw them starting to go away and vanish, which was really cool because uh, we used to have a big problem because the school I was at was very no, was very good at soccer. Several state championships. I mean, they got in state championship year after year after year, but they always had one or two major injuries. Yeah, and, and knee injuries are huge in soccer, knee, knee for sure. Massive. If you ever look at, especially females that play soccer, their legs are gigantic because it's so leg-dominant sport. So it's so quad-dominant, but motor well, yeah, so, quad so dominant, quad, yeah. quad-dominant, so they don't work on those hamstrings. So what we specifically did was make a program up for hamstring development and glute development and even calves. And, we and integrated that into a CrossFit and, style, and, yep. and you actually saw, which is funny because you know we we I, we've talked about it many times before, as far as like you know CrossFit and injuries or whatever. But use, utilizing that CrossFit allowed you to make your players more injury proof. Yeah. So imagine, like we, I le- actually had them do straight leg power cleans. Yeah. Straight leg muscle Ooh, muscle God, cleans. That sounds horrible. Yeah, because it makes you use your hamstrings. Yeah. If you have them bend their knees at any point, they're going straight to their quads. Oh, yeah. No hamstrings. So it was like we're doing straight leg muscle cleans. Yeah, any, any soccer player that played like that. at a high level, you're going to see their, I mean, quad dominant, huge quads, and they're going to have oh. tight hip flexors, and yep. specifically on whatever leg they kick the most with. Yep. Um, and you see that all the time. And if you look at them, it's, it's funny. We've got one that, that played um, collegiate-level soccer, and when she does double-unders, it's so obvious because her, I think it's her right foot, is like five inches in front of her left foot when she does double unders because she j- it's like naturally that tight and like you have to work on it so much just because of years and years and years of doing that and I mean I don't know she went to Clemson so I mean I don't know if she had a good strength program that you know developed her hamstrings she's a great oh, lifter yeah. she's got strong hamstrings now um, but you know I, mean, I don't know what she did you know I don't know Clemson's that, but, program that much yeah but okay so. So soccer is another one. You said specifically yep, uh, lots of females. A lot of baseball. Lots of uh, baseball. Yep, now, baseball. what about that? Because that's one of the biggest things you hear about is baseball, a big no-no for CrossFit because of the labral tears, slap tears specifically. So your labrum that attaches from your collarbone down to your bicep, you see. Um, oh, well, that's that's the anterior one. That's a really common issue for um, for pitchers. Yeah. You know? So what – what did you do specifically for that? Did you take out overhead movements a lot no. for the baseball players? You didn't. No, we just made them uh, strict. So we did muscle snatches, okay, stuff like that, or strict press. We yeah. didn't do much like dynamic movement overhead. Yeah. So not a lot of heavy, heavy yeah, max heavy loads. Lifting, but we did a lot of single arm stuff. We did like single arm dumbbell snatches, single arm kettlebell snatches. We still went overhead, and um, like I have a, uh, we have a little complex. It's basically what crossover symmetry does but we've been doing it with two and a half pound five pound plates like itws yeah itws we do those uh so snow angels we do those with them and then we do the scarecrow exercise and we do that a lot with all the baseball players and even going overhead they were fine we didn't have any labral tears nothing bad ever happened most of the time it was like a injury because they hit by pitch or a ball snapped up and hit them we didn't we rarely had any type of injuries even going overhead 
Now, they wouldn't do it for max snatches, even though we had some of the guys that loved to. One of them actually just got a, a full ride to Troy State University, I think, and um, a year or two ago. And he was he was one of the few guys that would come in the room. He's like, I'm going to see how much I can snatch today, coach. Yeah. And I was like, no, don't do this. He's like, you're <laughs> pitching today. He's like, where's the baseball coach? So, yeah, so but, but that's where it comes down to just uh, it's, again, you can do CrossFit, but mm-hmm. don't be an asshole. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, you, you have to have a coach that knows. Presses. Yeah, so there is a little bit of um, specificity. There we go. <laughs> we yeah. said we were going to use that word today. Um, and can you say that for me? Specificity. <laughs> we said it's really hard to say it and not be drunk and not sound drunk. The judicial system. Just like the judicial system is hard to say. Specificity of the judicial system. <laughs> so, but, you know, that, I, I guess you have to really, you do have to, you can't be quite as broad when you're going in these sports. So that specificity, being specific, is important. But that doesn't mean that you can't um, still work your weaknesses. Like if, if yeah. you're, you know, if you're a be- baseball player, you don't need to just run bases and throw the ball and hit. Like you need to make sure that anything that you do more of, like your shoulders, that you know, external rotation, you need to counter that. Mm-hmm. Um, just like um, like you were talking about for soccer, you know, hip flexors, quad dominant, you need to counter that so you're balanced. Because being a well balanced athlete is is your best is your best possible situation to be in, so you don't get injured mm-hmm. and that, have a long career. And I think that's what's really great about CrossFit is that if you have somebody that's really clever. And sits down and really thinks about programming. They can create a balanced programming. Yeah, but if you go to and not saying you can't do that without CrossFit. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah. I mean, and you know, obviously, obviously, there's a lot of great strength conditioning coaches out there that they take every rep into account, every pull into account, every push into every account, so they know that they're creating symmetry in the body whenever they're doing that. Yeah, it's like Arnold used to say. You see more deltoids, and need more deltoids. It's like packing clay on. <laughs> yep, yep. It's, but it's, I got to get everything else symmetrical. Though. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, do you think there are any sports off the top of your head um, that you would really say, man, you really need to kind of stay away from the CrossFit methodology? I can't think of any. Maybe no. Nope, what about think. swimming? I love swimming to be CrossFit. Yeah, because I mean, well, we, swimming is in CrossFit, I guess. So. Yeah, swimming is CrossFit, but I think if dry land training, like look at Ryan Lockhart yeah. or Lockie, whatever his name is, if you see his dry land training, it's basically CrossFit. Now, He's out there flipping big ass tires, throwing kegs over his head. He does a lot of odd implements. Yeah, odd implement mm-hmm. stuff just to create, I guess you know, stability because you know. Swimming is definitely something that goes across all three planes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, you know, people, I mean, swimmers obviously have really, really overdeveloped lats. What would you counteract for some of the things that you see in swimmers? A lot of them have a lot of tight hip flexors, too, because of the way they move their bodies in space. Yeah, I would I would actually try to focus on uh, hamstring development for the lower body. And then, uh, I don't know, a lot of pushing for the upper body because they always pull they and always pull, pull. And they always usually do like drag, some type of drag pull into the pools. That's why their lats are overdeveloped. So if you're doing that, then I'd really focus on some pushing during his off training. And he used to do. I mean, you see, there's videos of Ryan out there doing some pretty heavy bench press and stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's he whoever was doing his programming, helping him out, was really smart about you know. Okay, so you're doing this in the pool. What can we do out of the pool to counteract this and even make you better? And uh, man, I loved watching his training. He was he was a beast. Yeah. 
cool. And his big ass lats, man. He looked like an <laughs> ape running around. We I saw there's a girl that that we've got that just started in our gym, and she was a gymnast, and now she is a she's a I guess a high level gymnast. She's or swimmer. She's still really young. She's like 19, and she's sponsored by somebody. I don't know who it is, but it was really cool. I was like, I was like, were you a gymnast? She's like, I was a gymnast and a swimmer. I was like, that makes sense. She had huge traps. <laughs> And huge lats, <laughs> which like it's typically you've got one of the like your gymnast, yeah. you got huge traps. If you're a swimmer, you got huge lats. Yeah. So it's like she looked like a cobra snake. <laughs> and you're like, yes, thank you for joining my but, gym. But hor- yo, she's going to be great. She's going to be horrible ankle mobility from gymnasts. Yeah. She has like zero degrees of dorsiflexion um, and horrible external rotation in her shoulders from just being so tight, you know, just I guess since she was like six you know, just doing, you know, one of those two, um, training things. So, um, you know, the main thing for her that we have to work on is, is her actual mobility and be able to get in the positions. And that's kind of the next thing that I want to talk yeah. about. So a lot of these sports, if someone's coming from a sport wrestling where maybe they, they're used to being in a kind of bunched over position, internally rotated, low back kind of stuff. Right. Um, you know, or like or like swimming or you know whatever it may be we talked about soccer tight hip flexors and stuff like that um using crossfit how how do you I, i'm trying to explain think about how to say this how do you develop a program do you develop it based off of the sport that they're coming from um or do you just not even worry about that looking in the background do you just do a movement screening on them um you know, because that's where I see a lot of the injuries yeah. is is coming from baseball into CrossFit, not not the other way around. Like, um, you know, a pitcher is going to have way way more overdeveloped shoulder on one side than they are the left, or I mean, the opposite side. So, do you just you just address that? Would you change the way they do CrossFit? Would you not have them do you know a lot of bar movements starting out if they have like an overdeveloped shoulder from baseball or how would you approach that to make sure that you you know just ensure they don't get injury yeah it just depends on the extent of where they're at mobility wise like when we have somebody come in we give them everybody tries to we try our best to give everybody a movement assessment uh using fms protocol and we give them a personalized sheet okay this is what you work on before and after class no matter what we do in our warm-up no matter what we stretch in our warm-up this is your homework. This is what you do for the next four to six weeks on a daily basis. But if we have somebody that comes in and they have very limited a range of motion, like they can't straighten their arms out overhead or something like that, then we yeah. recommend them to do them like personalized training sessions. That way we can really delve in deep to what their specific needs are. Because if you put them into a class, now you're going to have to slow down, redirect them, and, and go over everything really slow with them. And then they're going to be going through movements, and it's going to be kind of like this halfway movement. Yeah. But you got to really hone in and really make sure that they're, um, you know, just on point with their movement or they're going to have injuries happen. So now, but does their training still look like a CrossFit training when they first come in and say, yeah, like, okay, this person can't move? Yeah, yeah, anything is scalable. So you still have them doing Metcons even if they're doing personal training yeah. type stuff? You just make sure that you keep it within maybe if it's shoulder, maybe they just come up to the eyes with the kettlebell swings or something, a lot of stuff that they don't have any business doing. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, all right. So we've gone over a lot of the sports. Um, We kind of gone over when you should do it um, and when you shouldn't, I guess. Um, And we talked about, you know, the, the specific college, high school and all those other kids. Is there anything else that, that, that we're missing? That we're talking I would about? say like when to do it and when not to do it. And once again, it's like uh, let's take a, you have a MMA fighter in your gym. 
and uh, they got a fight coming up. And so what they're doing outside of your gym, they come to your gym for one hour. So then they go leave your gym. They go to a Muay Thai class. Then they leave, they leave the Muay Thai class, and they're going to a jiu-jitsu class. And they leave the jiu-jitsu class, and now they're going back to uh, – and then they're going to go for a five-mile run, you know, something yeah. like that. I mean, those – Yeah, those MMA, MMA fighters are, are, so are probably the notoriously one of the most um, – I guess overtrained type mindset. Yeah. Maybe it's because of what you have to, the mindset that you have to have to walk into a ring knowing that you're going to get punched. Mm-hmm. Maybe that has something to do with it. They're they're totally willing to overtrain um, to a fault. Mickey mentality from Rocky. Yeah. Forty five minute fights. You got to train for forty five thousand minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they. Uh, so I just think like a lot of those guys could really use instead of coming into a crossfit class they just focus purely on olympic lifting so now with olympic lifting they're getting their explosive power built they're getting their strength built they're getting their mobility they're getting their flexibility they're getting all these other things in there and it's going to build their work capacity in a very short time domain now what would their olympic training look like would it look like a a standard olympic yeah um, i mean however like less than five reps for everything yeah yeah. Uh, all you're doing is working on explosive power. Would you have them doing more um, muscle, you know, movements like you were talking about, you know, like with a baseball player or something? Because that is a sport where, you know, lots of punching, lots yep. of impact. No, on, like you, no we take them through a regular uh, assessment protocol. They come in, we do their foam rolling, we do their inhibition, their lengthening, activation work on specific muscle groups that need a target, and then get a barbell in their hands and take them through full range of motion. And then start uh, doing the Olympic lifts with them. But you and the good thing about doing the Olympic lifts too is that you're not doing ten rep maxes. That's going to build hypertrophy. That's going to build bigger muscles. Mm-hmm. You're staying in there certain percentages, that 80, 90, 75 percent uh, range, and you're just working explosive power. So they're not going to be putting on size, but yet they're still building. Which is important power. because you have to worry about weight classes exactly. in a lot of these sports. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. not baseball. But, but even, like res- I mean, even like swimming, you don't want to be too overweight in swimming. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. But I think that's where a lot of people come in. And uh, they kind of get overrun because now their cortisol levels get up and their hormones get out of whack, especially if they're not getting enough sleep and recovery work. And then you just keep adding this stress, 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 stress. But everything, just come in and grab a barbell. All right, we're going to make everything perfect. You're going to stay at 70, 75% and everything is perfect. And now they're just building that explosive power. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so adrenal fatigue, huge thing for that. Um, And so, but that's kind of questionable, right? Because... One of the big things that draws most people to CrossFit is the, oh my God, I'm going to puke, right? Well, like a, a we're talking MMA fighters. That. Yeah, no, e- exactly. So, so then it kind of begs a question: Is like, are we doing CrossFit? I mean, yes, it's functional movement. I guess it's high intensity. How high is high intense? You know, for, for the intensity. Yeah, you know like, it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm playing. I'm trying to play devil's oh, yeah, advocate yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, intensity is so, relative. Yeah. So, but you wouldn't have them doing an all-out Fran workout um, as an MMA fighter, not if they've got a fight coming up. Yeah, not if they've got a fight coming up. And it just depends, too. If I'm their trainer, I'm looking at it like, what are you doing outside of this? Are you spending two, three, four hours outside of this doing all your other conditioning? Because you go to Muay Thai class, that's nonstop for an hour, hour and a half. Then you're training for a fight. I mean, those dudes, I mean, they work their butt off. They're not just going in there doing a couple of kicks and going away. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, I mean, they don't. Like we said, you know, they definitely overtrain and underrecover. Um, so we were talking about um, adrenal fatigue. We were talking about intensity. 
Um, and I know that you use, we both use um, like heart rate monitors to kind of check like target heart rate zones. And um, there's a lot of people that are using heart rate variability. Um, um, what is the name of that? It's just heart rate variability. I can't remember the name of the, the thing that um, Joel Jameson, um, the MMA fight, the, the coach came up with it or whatever. Anyways, so would you recommend using that with all sports in season or out to make sure that they're, they're doing that? Or is it not really that important until you get to a certain level? I'd say you get to a certain level yeah. and then you start using that. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, man, it's just getting in there and just getting the work done. And then once you start hitting like plateaus, you just can't figure why can't I get any better? Then you start. But at the high more, school level, the specificity. Yeah. <laughs> but at the high school level for football, it's probably not necessary for you to be checking your heart rate and make sure that you're in a target zone while training or at a resting rate and all those right. other kind of things. Right. You can usually tell when you're breathing heavy and when you're not. Yeah. In high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she have some special needs kids. So what would you – so if if someone is just completely just adamant about not doing CrossFit um, at all for their sport, um, is is there something that – would you just have them do it anyways and just not tell them that it's not CrossFit? Or <laughs> I mean, because we're, we're talking about like we've basically gone over all these things. And we said like CrossFit absolutely helps all of these um, – if you do it right, um, but most of these sports aren't aren't on the broad scale, anyways. Doing CrossFit, so what would be your argument to people, um, you know, to try and convince them to start doing CrossFit for these um, for these sports? I'd say just give me three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> give me three weeks, and if I can't change something in three weeks. You know, have like a test or before and after. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, if I can't change this to three weeks and then go back to whatever you want to do, just give yeah. me three weeks. And what, what would that, let's, I'm just, again, we're just gonna, we're throwing out, well, we're, we're throwing out, um, you know, just scenarios. Let's say you're, um, you're a strength coach for a football team at a high school or something like that, and someone gives you three weeks. Mm-hmm. What, what do those three weeks look like? Break uh, it down for us. I would either do like the starting strength protocol uh, or five three one protocol, depending on where their current program is and how schooled the athletes are, if they know their percentages and all that. And then uh, we would have our strength days, and then we'd follow that up with, like, short conditioning-type workouts. And what I like to do them for football was, like, love doing, like, seven power cleans, touch and goes in a, into a 50-yard sprint. Yeah. Or doing, like, or doing like a – So short interval work. Short though. interval work. But it would be seven working rounds for time. But you have like one minute rest in between. Yeah, little things like that. And then I would have a team workout day, so I divide them up into groups. This is what we used to do with prowlers, and we'd make up races. All right, each person on your team has to do ten sprints with a prowler. Yeah. So they'd just be going back and forth, and it's amazing once you get like fifty kids together and you divide those into five teams, and you have ten kids working hard. I mean, it just builds teamwork when they're doing that. Yeah. And then you'd have one one day where it's just kind of like, let's do. Uh, what was some of the ones we used to do with a football team? It was a lot of fun. Like a 15, 12, 9 with the thrusters and burpees. Yeah. Stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just really short, intense like workouts. Dumbbell thrusters. That then, sounds like a CrossFit football then, workout and, there. But then I would uh, put a white, I'd put the whiteboard up and start keeping times. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and uh, one of the big testers that we did was a med ball overhead toss. For distance. For distance. Yeah. So you have them do that in the beginning. A short workout, and then at the end of it, do it again. Yeah. Just see where they're at. 
yeah. you know, and just have like your testers that first week. Two weeks later, retest. Oh, you're them. saying at the at the end of the three weeks. You mm-hmm. don't mean at the end of every workout. No, not okay. the end. Just the end of the three weeks. Just kind of test and see where everybody's at. But I, what I would tell the coach would be like, all right, are they hanging out more at school together? Are they hanging out after school together? Are they are they hanging out in the locker room? Are they communicating better? Are they? Are that's they, something a lot of people don't think about. That's what, but especially that's what, in a team that's sport. That's what CrossFit does, though. It brings yeah. people together, so they hang out, and that's what like the really cool thing is. I think. Now you're going to get them working harder because they're competing. And you're going to be getting them to work harder together because now they're competing on teams more or less. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they're going to be hanging out. You know, they talk junk to each other, talk crap, depending on what sport. If males do that a lot more than females. <laughs> yeah. You know, females you got a little more encouraging. Until the females on. get older. Yeah, until the females talk. get older or, or they just become more competitive. And then they're like, yeah. kiss my ass. <laughs> she didn't do it. She didn't do the 15th rep. And she did not do that. She did not do that. She was counting by twos. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so did you see that a lot? when you Did you see, like, um, an obvious change in the community and morale of your teams when you were actually doing that? Because yeah. that's something we didn't talk about, yeah. really. Because um, mm-hmm. I mean, in team sports, that's one of the most important things in the world. And it does, I mean, the, it does absolutely grow the community. There, There is, I don't know if there's, you know, whatever science is behind it or whatever the endorphins that are released by it or just suffering as a group I think but, it's just human nature man yeah like we just suffered we suffer together in a community that's why it takes a community to raise one baby but that's as a do- yeah, yeah right it takes a village it takes, <laughs> it takes a village. Oh, man. sometimes it takes two and a half villages <laughs> with my son um but so yeah it takes it takes a village and an entire gym to raise <laughs> yeah. my son so um but yeah, you talk about that in adults, but I don't think people really think about it in teen, you know, in the teen years, um, as as far as the community goes, yeah. because I mean, honestly, like teenagers are just they're they're the meanest people ever, <laughs> right? Like teenagers are evil, especially teenage girls. Oh, they're so they're mean. the worst. Yeah. They're the most evil people in the world. I don't know what I mean, and so so I guess I mean to hear that it changed people. At that age, that's kind of cool yeah. for me. I've never experienced that. Obviously, I wasn't. I have never coached at at the teen level. I'm, I'm I'm coaching teens now, but I'm coaching them in my gym, not at a school. Yeah. So I'm seeing the kids that come in. They kind of already know each other. They kind of already have that. You know the, the you know the community because they've kind of cr- come in as a group. Um, but it's it's that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would make sure that those people that are in charge of that program knows that it's not just numbers on a board that you're improving, but it's also that kind of intangible thing of, of the community and the team group. So, which it's is, tw- which it's is the 12th huge. man. Yeah. Would, would you change? So we talked about football. I want to talk about swimming just because it's a completely different sport. What would you change about your protocol from football to swimming? Would it look a lot different? Would it be about the same or, just the times, you know, domains that you're using would change? You know, I, I think swimming is one of the most explosive sports that get, that get undermined because they think they're in a pool. Swimming is a very explosive sport. Yeah. When they're on those star blocks and they go, they are pushing off as hard as they can, getting as far as they can. Nobody realizes, like, how important that is. What's well, like the definition of an anaerobic sport, too? Yeah. And they're holding their breath. You're literally holding your you're breath. You're holding your breath. <laughs> you know, we used to train with a guy from uh, CrossFit Atlanta. He was on their games teams for several years and regional competitor, Rob Miller. He swam the mile at Georgia Tech. He raced 
for one mile. That has got to be the worst event 16, ever. 16 laps. Or if it's a 100-meter pool, whatever that is. I mean, a, a mile run is bad. Mile a run. Mile Can you swim. imagine swimming? What is it in the triathlon? Is it is two miles in the triathlon, right? Uh, 2.1? Is it, I don't know. Anyways, obviously, I'm I just know it's from island to island in yeah. Kona. <laughs> 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 but, they, uh, but, yeah, he swam the mile. But yet, he is still one of the most explosive guys I've got to train with. I think he's got a uh, 270, 280 snatch and like a 330, 340 cleaning jerk. Wow. And how big no of a more. guy is he? He was only, what, 200 pounds, 205 wow. pounds. I mean, and his brother was on our team this year, and his brother did the butterfly, like the 100 meter. He was a very explosive athlete. I mean, he yeah. just comes walking, just kind of nonchalant in the gym and power cleans 335 at the games or something Man. like that. I mean, just... They're so explosive. That's American Open level, close to national level. Yeah. And it's just, for weightlifting, I mean. Yeah, they're just swimmers. He did 350 clean and jerk before the games. So you think to get them better at swimming, you would have them do a lot of more actual, like maybe maximum or closer to maximum effort uh, no, weightlifting it, movements? It, it depends on how experienced they are with weightlifting movements. Yeah. You know, I would have them do Well, yeah, obviously in three weeks, yeah. you wouldn't have them yeah, doing they, max effort. So no, I'd just weeks. start them off slow teaching, been doing a lot of plyometric work. A lot mm-hmm. of jumping, a lot of landing, just kind of learning, training those muscle groups and all that. And then, once again, doing the antagonistic muscles of the uh, – or protagonistic muscles of all the pulling. So, a lot of pressing, a lot of chest uh, bench press and stuff like that. Just to help counterbalance their swimming that they've been doing. Yeah. Because you got to be just as strong as one muscle group to the other because they counterbalance each other. So, okay, cool. So, we, we went over football. We went over swimming. Um, I want to go over one more. We're not going to go over all the sports. It's not going to be a 12-hour podcast. But um, I do want to go over one more just because you have the most experience in that. And I'm just curious personally to hear um, what would you do in the situation of wrestling. wrestling. Amateur, not wrestling. Now, that, now, a lot of people get pissed at me in this. Okay. Uh, because they used to come to the gym and they'd be like, man, they look like they have horrible technique. Because my guys were literally like pulling the just pulling the bar off the ground. Now I didn't overload them with a tremendous amount of weight when going, but I had them. One of the thing, one of the testers we did was every two minutes you did ten power cleans, ten push ups, for twenty minutes. So ten rounds of that, and the goal was to do it with body weight, power clean. So a hundred push ups and a hundred power cleans every two minutes, for wow. twenty minutes. Sounds Ethan excellent. Reeves. Ethan Reeves did that every day. When he was in college, he's the strength coach at Wake Forest. And he was doing like CrossFit and EMOM before everybody else was, you know, not even thinking about it. Yeah. He, the man was invented the EMOMs, I think. <laughs> That's why Chip Pugh was his grad assistant. And Chip Pugh went to Texas, Tennessee Tech. Where he, where Rich became his grad assistant, and that's where the like, the EMOM thing was born, I think. See, I thought it was Edward Marcus Otharian um, Mastersville. Now, look up. Dennis I just in, made that name up okay. because it was EMOM. Yeah, look at look at. I uh, thought that was clever yeah, though. We pat myself that, on the back. Now that, now that the I think about that, that was pretty good. <laughs> but no, like uh, Ethan Reed's been doing density training for years, and uh, and he wanted if he wanted people somebody to get to hundred pull ups, he has this little formula that he used to do off a twenty minute EMOM. But uh, anyways, um, so he started doing that when he was in college. He did that every day when he was training. He got runner-up his last year of college at the University of Tennessee. So you, so you would have them doing intervals and, and weightlifting as well, but just for longer durations? Just for longer durations. Yeah. Just to build their anaerobic capacity over a long time. And you were talking about form. So what, why were you saying you got on? Because in a wrestling match, 
there is there in the worst positions possible. Well, and that's what I was curious. I've yeah. never taught wrestlers. That's a sport that I've never yeah. um, they're never done strength in a conditioning for. They never. I would think hips. a lot they're of like dumbbells their, or strongman yeah. stuff would work they're better. Never, they're never implementing anything else. They're never like you know, okay, we're just going to do the hamstring. You know, they're just never in a good position. Yeah. And so you have to train all those little stabilizer muscles in an awkward position. Would you or have you ever used more strongman implement stuff for we that, like stones? Of, we and, didn't have a lot of strongman implementation. But had you, do you think you would have probably? I think it had been cool like to pick up a stone and run across the, run across the field with it, drive oh, it, God. come back with it, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So, But they had to hold on to it with their fingertips. They couldn't yeah. lock their grip. They had to hold yeah. on to it with fingertips. You know, in anything, we did a lot of farmer's walks, fat grip, farmer's walks, fat grip, bent rows, fat grip, power cleans, just to work on their grip strength. But you'd see them, they would have rounded backs. They would have this. But you know what? We didn't have any injuries. Yeah. A lot of people were like, oh, you're going to, none of my wrestlers ever got injured. Well, it's because they're strong. They might have poor form, but they're strong everywhere. Yeah. They don't have any asymmetries. You can't be weak anywhere. Right. And be a wrestler. Right. Especially the low back. Yeah, the low back, man. <laughs> I mean, that's why those guys' necks and traps and their erectors are so thick. Yeah. Because they're in that hunched position all the time, and the other dude's just beating that head. Just look like stacks of nickels yeah. just <laughs> all the way up and down yeah, each fire, side of their it spine. It fires me up, man. It fires me up. <laughs> to, like, go to a wrestling practice and see those guys work so hard because, man, it's it's exhausting. I just had a uh, one of my old wrestlers, actually. Um, I think he's up in uh, at Rutgers right now. He uh, sent me a video last night of the Washington's football head coach, uh, University of Washington, and saying how much he loves wrestlers. And the toughest guy on their football team right now is an ex-wrestler in high school. And he said he went to a one, two-hour practice to watch him wrestle. And he just he got tired watching him. He got him. tired watching him <laughs> just to see how hard this guy works. But he says, but as a football coach, he looks for guys that were wrestlers because he knows when it comes to one-on-one competition, him and that other dude across the line from him, he's going to beat him. Oh, yeah. Because he's not – that other dude's going to be relying on his teammates, that guy. Yeah, because like, wrestling's still, I guess, technically a team sport. It's still a team sport. But it's one-on-one. But it's one-on-one, man. Yeah. You can't blame, no, you like can't we blame about the guy we, to the left or right. It's you. Yeah. You know? It's like, uh, oh, but my team didn't pass it uh, to me right. And I was like, no, bro, you were in that circle. Yeah. <laughs> You're in that 32-foot circle, man. Ain't nobody pass you anything. Uh, I can't help you pin the guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's and that's what made this sport so great. I and mean, I think that's what makes like CrossFit so great too, is because you're by yourself and you have to do your work. Even in a team atmosphere, if you have a certain amount of work that you got to do, you got to do it. Yeah. And now you're not only relying on yourself to do it, now you're relying on the other people behind you. You got to do it for them too. Yeah. You know, we've talked about it in other um, in other podcasts, but I want to kind of touch on a little bit here because I haven't talked to you about it specifically. We talked about training CrossFit for sports, but what about the opposite? What about the other way around? Um, obviously, you just talked about wrestling, and that's what what made me think about it. Um, wrestlers, ex wrestlers, tend to be really, really good CrossFitters because they're kind of strong everywhere. They don't have any weakness, and they're explosive, and they have really good cardio, mm-hmm. right? So, what um, would you say that wrestling is the best sport to come out of? If you were like, if you could take like an NC, um, let, let, let's say a, a football from the collegiate level, they won the Heisman Trophy, or a wrestler at the collegiate level, they went. I don't even know what the the highest uh, uh, national Dan, champion Dan or whatever. Board, yeah. Board. Or an Olympic swimmer, or um, a baseball player that you know went as high as they possibly could, like the top person in that. Which which one would you rather have out of all those people? Wrestler, hands wrestler, down. hands down. Yeah, if I had an NCAA D one wrestler come walking through my door, 
So if you're a CrossFit coach, free free member for you. Yeah, if (laughs) if if you're a CrossFit coach looking for your cash cow, you need a wrestler to to train. You need to be scouting like D1 wrestling matches and subscribing to what is it, Flow Wrestling? Yeah, and just Flow Wrestling or USA Wrestling is doing a really good job now. Find one of them that got injured, dude. If you can imagine, like, well, you probably don't know these guys, like a Cal Dake who or a Jordan Burroughs. Or a uh, uh, he's an old school dude. Were they in WCW? Huh? No. Did he fight Triple H? No, no none sure. of those guys were in there. Kurt <laughs> Angle. Kurt I said Angle. I wasn't going to say it again. Kurt yeah, Angle. Tur- Kurt Angle was. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Kurt Angle and them. They used to say that they would do like an hour long wrestling match. Him and his. Oh, buddy I've seen hour long wrestling matches. Are you just, talking about? You're talking about amateur for like training Olympic style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just training. We did a 30 minute one and had like every five minutes you had a fresh guy rotating in on you. I can imagine what it Dude, feels that like. That was the worst. That was one of the, uh, that was one of the worst. Just from rolling when I did jujitsu, like yeah. just 10, 15 minutes of rolling. And this was, and I did that before I found CrossFit, I'm sure. I, I dabbled in a little bit afterwards. And I will say this talking about from MMA, um, and we've talked to a couple of MMA guys. I've trained some MMA guys um, through CrossFit for, um, for MMA. I, my wind, um, while I was really rusty, when I was rolling um, after CrossFit, like I, I probably went five, six years without doing any type of um, jiu-jitsu um, on the, or on the floor, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, and I was really rusty, and I was fighting a guy that was you know, kind of at, a, I guess, a pro amateur level. Like he was making a living of it, but he wasn't like UFC or anything like that. And um, while I could never pin him, I at least remembered enough to be able to defend. And every time we rolled, he had to just stop. We never, it was just a stalemate and like I had wind and like this guy didn't because he wasn't doing CrossFit, but he was a pretty much a professional, you know, fighter, you know? So like that, that to me, I'm like, man, if I would have had this when I still remembered what the hell I was doing and I was young, like that's huge for me. So like, I mean, I can say just from a personal level that I know that the type of conditioning that you get from CrossFit definitely does carry over to at least that specific sport yeah um but but yeah going back to where we were at so you said wrestling um is there any sport that you can think of that when you hear somebody saying they want to compete and they did this before you're like oh it's gonna be tough uh I used to think that about baseball players yeah but then then lately though there's been a lot of baseball players coming over who were freaking explosive. Didn't Rich Fronian play baseball? He played baseball. But yeah. He played like high school ball. I don't think so, yeah, baseball it. players suck at CrossFit. But most of them I met. <laughs> most of the baseball players I know were not that explosive, were not that mentally tough. But yeah. lately, man, there's been some baseball players coming out who are freaking explosive, you know, power cleaning 150 kilos and, uh, you know, can do like a seven-minute 2K row pretty easily. You know, I mean, there's a lot of folks coming out of the woodworks right now that can do that. Do you and think Babe Ruth would have went to regionals? No. <laughs> no. No. Uh-uh. He, he's one of the, he's one of the few, He was one of the few exceptional baseball players that he did not have to do anything really strenuous. He was just God-gifted talent, and yeah, he well, just you, hit you know, a baseball a mile. You know you're out of shape as an athlete when they name a candy bar after yeah, you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. So, okay, cool. Is there anything else that you want to add or that you can think of that we're missing here? I feel like we, we kind of no, nailed think, this I one. We, I think we nailed it, especially when we all tied it together with community. Because what CrossFit does for any team, it will help people come together. 
just like any other, you know, you just got to make it to where it's a team aspect. And the, yeah, so, but the general summary is um, CrossFit can be used for, as, as far as Brandon and I are concerned, um, just about any sport, as long as, A, you have someone controlling your workouts that know what you do. The volume and, and, the, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, not just the volume, yeah. but volume being a big part, but also the actual movements themselves. Certain movements don't need to be done, in which we went over. Um, and then also, you know, the in season, off season, or the on season, off season, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when to do it, when not to do it. And that's really the only time when, when maybe we would say like, okay, we do need to back off of actual CrossFit. Um, and we need to focus on what you do and we need to work that specific training, but off season stuff for general physical preparedness, making yourself a, a better, well-rounded athlete stronger in all areas having better you know endurance and you know explosiveness in general is going to help everybody and that really should be a no-brainer i mean Mm -hmm. you know and and so if your crossfit program is not a kick your dick in the dirt any asshole workout type of crossfit program you can do it and get better at these sports um is it the absolute best protocol for every sport i don't know what do you think you think there's probably it's just the magic's in the programming, man. Yeah. It's just all in the programming. And uh, you're going to have people that are very successful without it, and you're going to have people that are very successful with it. And it's just going to be the person, the coach, and, you know, just the athlete put together. Yeah, for sports in general, or it, I think it just – the person is what matters. Yeah. You know what That's I mean? That's all it is, man. If, if Muhammad Ali would have done CrossFit or yoga – he was still going to be Muhammad been the Ali, the baddest man in the world. Exactly, exactly. And <laughs> you know, if, if yeah, Mike Tyson, Bo Jackson, Wayne Gretzky, if those guys would have done CrossFit, or if they would have done Tybo, or whatever, they were going to be great. Yeah. So, um, you know, what we're saying isn't that CrossFit will will make you amazing and everything. What we are saying is that. Doing CrossFit can help you at any sport if you do it properly um, and, and under the supervision of someone who knows what they're doing, uh, really without exception. Right. No, I think it's hands down. It's something that, uh, that anybody can benefit from. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. Hey, as always, make sure you go to garageathletes.com. Check out us on iTunes, on Instagram, Twitter, facebook we're on all those youtube it's at garage athletes um and uh we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up for you a lot of new programs um that we're doing weightlifting um specific programs uh we've got some cool seminars that we've done with jared enderton and we're working on one with john north with that 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 sounded disgusting what was that (laughs) brandon's doing something with his mouth over there that sounded vulgar Um, <laughs> well, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, yeah. Um, Jared Enderton, cool Enderton strength. We're going to have that up for you. It's, it's a learn how to list seminar. Really, really good stuff. We're working with John North with another one, which you know, they're kind of partners. Um, uh, and uh, we've got a competition coming up that we are sponsoring in Pensacola at the Pensacola Beach Brawl, which is a huge, huge CrossFit competition. If you haven't heard about it and you're CrossFitter, you're not in the know. Um, and uh, we are doing the second annual Bar Slam Festival actually on the beach at the Pensacola Beach Brawl. So make sure that you uh, go check that out. If you For any more information on either one of those events, you can just go to thegaragegames.com and then just go look under events and you'll find it under the events. Um, 
for uh, for Garage Athletes, uh, I am Justin Metz, and I am Brandon Phillips. Brandon <laughs> Phillips. We'll see you next week. Peace. Fit fam. Garage Athletes is produced in partnership with theoamnetwork.com and garageathletes.com.